This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hello, and welcome to Why'd You Push That Button, a show where Caitlin Tiffany Hello. and Ashley Carmen, that's me, talk about all of the choices that technology forces us to make. And today we are talking about Instagram's close friends feature. What is it? How does it work? Has it changed how people use Instagram? What's going on with close friends? Close friends is an Instagram feature when you're posting to your story and you don't want every single person who follows you to see a particular piece of content. You can send it just to a select group of people who are on your pre-created list your close friends list. Yeah. Like, these are my favorite people on earth. They're the only people who get to see my content about, like, my, like, menstruation mishap or, like, (laughs) my argument with my boss. Yeah. You get to pick who you want on this list. And if someone is on that list, what they'll see when they see your content that you've posted to it is a little green circle around your name where your story's content lives, so the little bubble up top on Instagram. And then when they click through... There will be a little badge at the top of your content that says close friends. So you know you're part of the close friends list. Mm-hmm. It makes you feel really good. Right. So one of our big questions about close friends was, did Instagram create this specifically to kill the Finsta? Like to get everyone to use one account for everything, but with this like extra ability to separate context. Yeah. For those of you who somehow missed our Finsta episode, a Finsta is a fake Instagram. It's where people post the content that just isn't good enough for the grid or the stories and their followers are usually just their like besties. Mm-hmm. Both Finstas and close friends achieve the same thing, which is that you've segmented off a certain select group of friends who can see certain content that you deem worthy for them. So when we were discussing this feature, it seemed like there would inherently be some drama. There's so many ways it could go wrong. Like you think you would be someone's close friend, but they don't add you. And then you find out from someone else or somebody adds you as their close friend, but you actually don't consider them a close friend and you Mm -hmm. don't feel like watching their close friend Mm -hmm. content. And they can see that. They can be like, I added Ashley to my close friends list and she never watches it. Mm -hmm. That's true. I would like to say that I did find one instance of drama. Okay. Tell the drama. Recently, I was on a first date. We were talking about a mutual acquaintance, I would say. A person I am acquainted with only via Twitter DMs. Mm. They were best friends. Mm. Best, best friends. Had a huge falling out about kind of a gross conflict, which is that the friend was like maybe like a secret men's rights activist. Huh. Or something. Love to learn that about your friends. (laughs) So they had a huge falling out. No longer friends effectively enemies like this guy used the word enemies and then we were standing at the bar I was like paying my tab and he opened his Instagram and he was like oh my god bleep redacted name just added me to his close friends list like I think as an act of war like an act of like mental warfare sort of like I know you don't like me but I'm gonna make you feel guilty yeah but it seemed like it was a very mutual falling out like neither of them wanted to be friends anymore so it was also just like I'm not your friend. Don't talk to me. 
please continue knowing all the intimate details of my life. For what reason? Question mark. I don't know. Huh. That's a tricky one. It was weird. That, that's wild. I mean, I think it was just to, for like, maybe just like for the scare. Like, I would be kind of scared. Yeah. I'd be like, why am I here? Yeah. Well, yeah. So, like, I use close friends. I don't use it all that often, but I use it because I have 7,000-ish followers on Instagram, most of whom are strangers. And occasionally, I want to post content that is not inappropriate. I'm definitely not a men's rights activist and, like, <laughs> making my views known. But sometimes I want to post about my eyelids being dry in the winter or how well I did my fake eyelashes or... What's the deal with wearing shorts in the summer? Like, do my friends actually wear shorts? I realized I never do. Interesting. <laughs> you don't have to answer. This is rhetoric right you now. You don't. This is something I needed information on. So that's what I'll post on Close Friends. And my list is about 15 people, I think. Wait, am I on your list? Obviously. Okay. What? Well, I never watch your content. Then. I'm sorry. But the bigger thing for me is that as someone who has kind of just a, a larger following of strangers, it helps me sort of separate professional, quote unquote, but really just like, you don't need to know about my dry eyelids, but someone should know about them. Fair. Okay. This and, makes sense to me. Yeah. That's kind of what we're going to get into on this episode is people use close friends differently. It's a really broad term, close friends. Like, does that mean my inner circle who I'm going to call after a breakup immediately and be like, I need to cry to you? Or is close friends just like people I feel comfortable enough talking about dry eyelids with? So for this episode, we are going to talk to some of our close friends, people we love to talk to, and people we have talked to before on previous episodes of this show. Mm -hmm. Calling in some ringers. Yeah, the people we love. And then after that, we will chat with an Instagram product director who actually helped conceptualize and build close friends. He'll explain what the feature is really about and why Instagram thought it needed to exist. So as you may remember, during last week's episode, we heard from my sister Kim about why she uses Snapchat. One of our most iconic episodes, in my opinion, and iconic interviews. I agree. And she talked about using Snapchat to be candid with her friends. Mm -hmm. So hold on to that in the back of your brain. <laughs> also, about a year ago, we had Kim on the show and she talked about her Finstagram, which is possibly my favorite Instagram account. I truly love her bonkers nature documentaries. So I found a beautiful creature in the wild. It's called a giant snail and just look at it. It's simply beautiful. I think he's hiding from us. Recently, when I was home, hanging out with Kim, I asked her if she's ever noticed the close friends feature. I know someone that has close friends, and when they started it, they made a post on it saying that they made it just so weirdos that follow them don't look at their stories. And I'm like, well, then why wouldn't you just make your account private so weirdos don't follow you? So even given the option of a specific close friends feature, Kim still prefers the kind of like jerry-rigged option of a Finsta. Well, I feel like stories are meant to be things that are happening in your day at the time that are funny. But I feel like most of the things I post on my Finsta are like things that happened in the past and I look back on them and I'm like, that was funny. I don't want to go through my day-to-day -day life thinking of funny things I can post on my close friend's story. I asked her if having a Finsta is ever confusing. Like, wouldn't it just be easier to use close friends so you don't have to toggle between multiple accounts? What if you accidentally put a Finsta piece of content on your main account or on your main story? It just seems very confusing to me. She said, 
basically she told me to grow up, honestly. So I have never really had that issue. And it's not very hard to switch between accounts. All you have to do is hold down on the profile button and click the other account. To her, close friends is useless because Snapchat already exists. Like, what's the difference? I would send a double chin photo on Snapchat before I would put it on a close friend's story on Instagram. Good thing we did a Snapchat episode. We're really on the warpath, like, for Snapchat in Snapchat. Apparently. (laughs) I don't know how this all happened, but it did. So, yeah, like, it's interesting that she is still so loyal to her Finstagram. I asked someone who uses close friends and has considered potentially making a Finstagram at one point in my life. It's really annoying to me to have to toggle between accounts. Like, I admire her for being willing to do that. Close friends, you just select a different button from the same screen. Mm -hmm. But, you know, Kim, go off. (laughs) Kim and I share the instinct to make sure that our content is seen by the largest number of people possible. To her, the close friends proposition is just like, why would I why would I limit myself in that way? Interesting, interesting. <laughs> so one thing Kim brought up is this idea that she wants a place to talk about her daily life, which involves, at her young, beautiful age, school and her parents and her job. Mm-hmm. And our next guest also wants that same sort of idea, a place where he can talk about his daily life, which, as an old, involves work. So our next guest, we chatted with our producer, Andrew, about his close friend habits, and he says he maintains a close friend's list to keep his work and personal life separate. So I use it unconventionally, I think, in a similar way that like Twitter lists are. Instead of using it for close friends, I distinguish people who work with me and people who don't work with me. And we didn't even know he had one until we started talking about this episode. Caitlin and Ashley, I don't have either of you on my close friends list on Instagram. Interesting. It's weird because we've definitely referred to ourselves as a family multiple times. (laughs) We've shared lasagna. He's probably complaining about us. Let's get real. Oh my gosh. Wait, that's so true. We work together. (gasps) Ideally, I'd use it to like complain about work, but I haven't really done it for that yet. He doesn't post all that often on his list, but when he does, it's because he's being a little bad and maybe (laughs) doesn't want work people to know about his life. (laughs) I actually have not really posted in it in a long time, but I remember one day it was, I was at like some sort of toy store and it was during work hours. And you're in a situation where like, you've done all your work, you can go home for the day, but it may look differently from a person who doesn't know your real story. It's a way for him to have an outlet away from work, even though some of his actual close friends (laughs) are his work friends. If I don't separate it very strictly, you could be opening up my story in front of someone who's not in my close friends, who is a coworker, then they would feel bad. Andrew's account is public with a manageable number of followers, but still, his close friends list is very large. How many followers do you have? It's not a lot. 339. Oh my gosh. That's like as much as my Facebook friends list. Wait, so how many people are on the close friends list? 43. Whoa. Why? What? Nobody has 43 close friends. This is like people that I want to see my story actively. So the rest of your followers are work people or strangers. Or maybe like I haven't updated it in a while. I'm acting offended because that's fun for me. And that's probably like my main activity is like. I know. I love it too. But I don't use Instagram anymore. So I can't really be that offended. I wasn't going to see his content anyway. This is actually a beautiful thing because 
What I like about the close friends list is that it's radical honesty. It's okay that Andrew doesn't want me to know about whatever he posts about with his real friends or whatever, his non-work friends. That's great. Do it, man. I like, mean, all I, th- all I thought about when he was saying that was that, like, I don't make friends outside of work, so I wouldn't have anybody to put on, <laughs> put on there. Yeah. Like, Andrew's story brings up this point that we're very fortunate to work in a place where we love our coworkers and we hang out even outside of work. But sometimes there's content that just doesn't need to be seen by everyone. There isn't. Like, Andrew doesn't need to know about my dry eyelids. You can know about them. Everyone on this podcast now does. But, like, did you need to know? And this is especially applicable when you have kids, which, for the record, neither Caitlin nor I have kids. But our colleague and former guest, Andy Hawkins, who was on our Instagram Stories episode, does. I think I used it maybe like once or twice. And because you get to choose who whomst are amongst your close friends, you don't get as gratifying view counts as you would otherwise. And I started to ask myself, is that something that I need to keep doing? And who am I protecting my kids from? Like, is this necessary? And I see like other people that I follow that have kids using it and they're just like posting boring baby photos and stuff like that. So it's just sort of like, what's the point really? What's the difference between that and just the regular stories? Is there really, am I getting anything out of this? He says close friends doesn't serve a function for him because stories are temporary anyway, and so photos of his kids disappear after 24 hours. After a certain point, it was like, this is boring having to like go through my follower list. It's why I haven't gone through my follower list and like kicked off all of like the riffraff because doing that extra work, going that extra step to create like sort of like a subgroup was just boring to me. And <laughs> I'm tired all the time. And the idea of like micromanaging my own social media accounts is just not something that I like want to <laughs> devote a lot of energy to. His account is private now, and his followers are mostly people he knows personally. I went private when I got when I started putting the kids up. I haven't culled my list at all. I'm sure there's a lot of dreck in there in my follower list, yeah, which I should maybe— maybe this will inspire me to actually get down and go through my Instagram follower list and start kicking people off. He says that unlike some of his friends, he doesn't worry that much about posting his kids online. It's because of stories of ephemeral nature that he feels that he can post his kids freely. Yeah, there's this idea that it's like it's there and then it's gone and it's not necessarily something that just lives on the internet forever. Being a dad sounds like a very unique experience because Andy says that as a stories consumer, he now sees that green close friend circle that draws us all in and assumes that behind it he will find baby content. Nothing spicy, no thirsty pics, no dry eyelids, nothing, just babies. <laughs> this is my worst nightmare. I know, that is not something I want. No offense, Andy, your life honestly looks fantastic. But I want to have some intrigue behind that close friend circle. What if What if there's like my friends looking hot? I want to see that. <laughs> I'm like, I want to see beautiful things. <laughs> babies are fine too, but all the time? Babies are boring. All right, we've covered a decent range of use cases now. We've got parents the teens, the young adults. And the consensus seems to be that close friends is a place to complain about stuff without certain people seeing and also to keep your content segmented away from a select group of people. But we're not entirely sure if this is the use cases that Instagram actually imagined. So to find out, we're going to be back after the break with an Instagram director of product management who oversaw 
the Close Friends Features creation. He's going to tell us why Close Friends really exists and who it's actually for. We're back. We're still chatting about Close Friends. We talked to Robbie Stein, who leads Instagram's consumer product team across stories, feed, messaging, camera, and profile. My name is Robbie Stein. I work on the consumer products at Instagram focused on helping you share and connect with your friends and family and people that you care about. Lots of tasks, Robbie. Mm -hmm. He's a busy guy. And leads the overall consumer experience of the Instagram app. So we had to know, did you make close friends to kill Finstas? It came about by really just talking to people and learning from users around, you know, what they were hoping to to add to their story. And at times when they felt like they, they weren't going to post to their story, why? And the number one thing that came up was, you know, there are just some things that just aren't meant for everyone. And there really isn't a great place for me to, to put that on Instagram. And so we started developing an idea that became Close Friends to help you select a list of people that you did feel comfortable sharing more with and became the product that it is today. Yes, Finstas were also an organic response to this idea, but because they act like normal accounts and are normal accounts, they can get unwieldy and end up giving the poster less control. Yeah, I mean, I think Finsta's definitely suggested that there was a need to have a smaller group of people you could share to. But I think one of the challenges with Finsta's is that it also inherits the core properties of the standard Instagram account. So people request to follow, the graph also grows and also can become quite large. For us, the biggest change between what Finsta's and what Close Friends provides is you create a list that only the producer can see and know about. You can add people, remove people, share to it, and no one really can request to, to join it or be a part of it. And there's, there's no social pressure to add or remove people. And there's no public public listing of who's on that list either. So those are all things that we thought were really important in creating a space that really felt the most comfortable to people. The team did consider making Close Friends an option for grid posts too. Actually, the first version of Close Friends was called Favorites, and you could then post both stories and feed posts to it. And the feed post would go to a special tab on your profile with a little star that was called favorites. And if you were in a close friends list, you could see that content on your friend's profile um, on that separate tab. We learned very quickly that product did not do very well when we were testing it. But people couldn't break with this concept of the grid as a highly curated place to look good and show off. So that idea was tabled. I think the, the most important lesson was that particularly between feed and stories, people really believe that the purpose of feed was to help share some of the highlights of their lives. And that was so ingrained in people's minds. It might feel a little bit unusual to post a very raw, goofy, blurry photo, as an example. It feels like it might be out of place there, even if it's in a restricted part of feed. And then on the profile, we also noticed no one really went to the profile to look at this, the feed content, um, and they just didn't really realize it was there. One of Robbie's team's biggest issues was coming up with the close friend's name because the app is, of course, used globally and the name needed to make sense in a lot of languages. Translation is really important when, when you name a product. And we messed that up. We thought favorites was very simple because in English it's a very clear word, but in other languages it's not. And so in one of the languages we realized based on the translation, it actually meant my beloved one, which when you translate it and view that strictly, people were only posting one 
person or they were they were adding one person to their list and we saw in a few of the countries where the translation didn't work the lists were one like exactly one um, which obviously would make the feature fairly hard to use the name close friends gave people flexibility in adding more people to their list we actually did research the name very deeply with people and i think when we asked people hey what who are your favorites it really to them suggested the one two three kind of size people in their social graph and when we talked to people about close friends it was really closer to maybe one or two dozen. And it felt like, okay, this is really the inner group of people that I would feel okay posting really goofy things that may be embarrassing. If I posted to everyone who was following me, I might be a little embarrassed by it. Robbie says people still interpret the phrase in a lot of different ways. For example, Andrew interprets close friends to mean not Ashley and Caitlin, but many add around 20 people to their list. It is closer to this kind of 20 number for a good chunk of people, but there's a lot of variance. Some people really restrict it to three to four. Other people who have very large followings have hundreds of people on their close friends list because that really represents to them friends. And so I think actually the flexibility of the model allowed it to be adopted in the way that's best for you, which I think ended up being one of the benefits versus, and I think an important product lesson for me in terms of not being overly prescriptive with the product and letting the community best adopt it in the way that they need it. He also got into this idea of how there's no negative feelings associated with close friends, only positive feelings, excepting if you use it to taunt your your enemies. Mm -hmm. That was intentional. One of the things we thought about when we were designing it was how do you make it feel like a really positive moment when someone sees one of these things pop up and you actually feel like you're getting something special. And that was really fun. And when we started using it internally and getting closer to the final product that we launched, it was such a positive moment to come to Instagram and see these and feel like, wow, someone's opening up a little bit more. They feel like I'm someone that they want to see more of their life. That's awesome. I also have had different experiences where some people are really people that are my closest inner circle and others are people less so. But for those people, I feel like we've become much closer because of this feature, which has, I think, been a really positive part of my experience of it. The green color, which is very different from Instagram's usual gradient palette, was also chosen on purpose as a way to stand out. So the color green, we experimented with among a bunch of other colors, and it was really a selection that our lead designer pushed for. And one of the reasons why was we have a lot of colors in Instagram. There's a gradient color as the logo. We have a a pink-oriented light wheel kind of for the stories ring. Direct has some of these blues. And so just picking a a color in a range that didn't feel really similar to something else, it was really important that it stood out and it felt different and it felt like it was something that was unique in the product. And so green, when we we saw that in the experience, was so clearly delineated from everything else. It just kind of was something natural. A side effect of all this has been that people respond more to close friends content in the DMs, which as we talked about in another episode this season, is super important to Instagram and its future priorities. One thing that we have noticed is that people tend to reply much more to the close friends posts, in part because you're obviously selecting a group of people that in some way probably do care more about what you're posting. But I think also because people feel special, they feel, oh, this is a thing that's kind of unique to me. Less people saw it and they're more willing to then write back. So one of the positives of this, I think, is people are having more conversations on this content that kick off direct conversation, catching up with friends, family. Certainly when I post that, like people in my family write back that might not have necessarily written back to my story. That's sort of the big takeaway to me here is like, why does close friends exist? Instagram needs you to feel like Instagram is home. 
it is your home base for socializing. It's where all your friends are. It's where you can talk about everything from your kids to your dating problems, to your work complaints, to your work victories, right? Mm -hmm. It wants you to be able to come there and discuss whatever you want. So it needs to give you these options so that you feel comfortable posting to whoever you need to post to or talk to at a given time without leaving the app. Yeah, to me, like this feature strikes me as something that Instagram made specifically for people with lots of followers, like to make the app easier for them to use for multiple purposes instead of just as a business account. Mm -hmm. And there's been like so many stories about influencer burnout and like pressure to be always on. Instagram's like really been taking a lot of that stuff to heart. And we've talked about them trying to become a personalized mall. Mm -hmm. They've added a lot more features for influencers in general so that influencers can basically be little storefronts all over the app. Mm -hmm. Like that seems to be where their focus is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And like Again, that, that's not that I'm an influencer, but having a larger account following, that's why I enjoy close friends. Is it gives right. me the place to be like, okay, I want to post on Instagram today, but I just don't want to actually have to look cute and feel pressure to look good. Right. I actually think close friends would be, like a breakup would be a perfect use case for close friends because it sucks to text like your 10 core people all the same text. <laughs> like we broke Happy up, paste. FYI. <laughs> And we've also struggled with the question of how to break up on Instagram. Right. It's it's a really easy way to get a message out to the people that need to hear that message. Right. Because that green around your face in stories makes you want to click. You're like, ooh, I know there's going to be something behind this wall that not many people are going to get to see. Oh, my gosh. Like, what could it be? Well, I feel like, you know, Close Friends is still relatively new. This is one of our earliest in the product life cycle episodes we've done. So I am curious in a year or two years how close friends will develop, if more people will use it, if there will be more drama. The teens will figure out a way to bully with close friends, I'm sure. I have faith in them. Well, now that we've done this episode and we I learned about the potential to like freak people out by adding them to your close friends list, it's a lot more appealing to me. Like I <laughs> I feel like I might use it for that purpose. Incredible. I can't wait to hear about how you torment people through close friends. I feel like it would be similar to, like, hate faves, you know, when, like, you are mm -hmm. trying to make somebody feel bad and you <sighs> do hate faves. Yeah. Technology for psychological <laughs> warfare. This is what this show's about. All right. That's it for us. If you have a close friend story, if we missed your drama, please do email us at buttonattheverge.com or DM us. Caitlin's on Twitter at K-A-I-T underscore Tiffany. I'm on Instagram at Ashley Carmen. We want to thank our producers, Andrew Marino and Zach Mack. We also want to thank Gautam Shrikashen, who did the mixing and scoring. We will see you guys for our last episode of the season. A really good one. It's also about Instagram, actually. Instagram and Twitter. But stay tuned. Last episode of the season next week. We will talk to you soon. Goodbye. Bye.